You're listening to Stand Out with Ian O'Connell. Wednesday evenings from 8pm here on Radio Kerry. I'm delighted to say that my guest this week on Stand Out with me, Ian O'Connell, is Baidu Sahe. Baidu has a story that has inspired me myself, and I know it will inspire you too. From growing up in Liberia with an uncertain future, to coming all the way and moving to Ireland... Baidu is now talking out and playing for the Westmead senior football team. I will be talking to Baidu about life before moving to Ireland, what his life is like now, what struggles he faced when trying to settle down here, racism in today's world, and how he went from all of that to now playing Gaelic football for Westmead, a story that is going to inspire you and one that you are going to enjoy. And um, for the for the listeners, do you just want to give a, a quick background on yourself and your childhood growing up and stuff? Yeah, so um my name is Boydu Saya. Um yeah, so I'm originally from I'm originally from Liberia and I moved from Liberia in 2004, which is like 17 years ago. So I've been learning a long time now. And um yeah, so I used to live in Liberia until I was eight. And at the time when I was living in Liberia, it was probably, it was one of the poorest countries in the world. I think it was top three, the poorest country in the world. And obviously as a kid living there, you, you didn't know that. And uh, all I've known when I was living there was, you know, how to survive and how to get through the next day. And especially what was going on over there. So there was kind of a civil war going on over there when I was born and all the way up to when I left. So... All I kind of knew growing up over there was, you know, being moved around and, you know, being looked after by different members of my family, like brothers and sisters. And at that time, my mother died when I was about six. So I was living with my dad and then he couldn't look after me. So I was kind of being moved around a lot by my different brothers and sisters, which were, they had houses and had places to stay. So Basically, I've just been shuffling around somewhere that I could stay for a few days, a few months or a few weeks, and then be moved around again. So at that time, I really didn't really have a childhood, if you know what I mean. And I got that opportunity when my my uncle Ben and his wife Therese, uh, they had a daughter in Ireland and they decided to, you know, adopt me and bring me over here to Ireland. So I suppose my childhood then started when I moved over to Ireland at the age of eight. Um, I suppose even like you said, you were, you, were, you were so young that you didn't have much of a, a memory of what was kind of going on and stuff. Um, I suppose when you came over to Ireland, it was, I've read in, um, I, was it an interview? I heard you doing that. All you knew then when you were coming was kind of, over there in America and yeah. you told your friends you were coming to, to to America. What was your first um memory of Ireland when you came first? Um yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So uh my first memory was I remember my uh, uncle telling me to wear this big jacket and I I've never worn a jacket before in my life, <laughs> you know. I left a country that was like 30 plus degrees, you know, all the time, even during the raining season, it was warm. So all I knew was the heat. And uh, I remember landing in Dublin airport and hopping out of the, out of the plane 
and the cold breeze just hitting. And it was February at the time, so it just hit me. <laughs> and uh, I didn't realize where I was. And then it, it clicked. I'm not in America. I am, I am in Ireland at the moment. So, um, yeah, so it was a huge kind of, it was a huge shock and a huge culture shock all of a sudden as well, you know. Did, so it was um, all brand new. Did it take you long to kind of climatize and get used to the cold and stuff? Oh, it took me a long time. I remember... Because when I moved, um, I started school in first class. Uh, I only moved and then I started in first, in first class. So I, I kind of, I was eight, so I kind of went into my, my age group. And I remember, say, my teacher bringing me out. It started snowing. It was a weird year that year, in 2004, for some reason. It was snowing in February. I remember which, uh, then, actually. I don't think it, yeah, I don't think it actually happened more before too many times, but yeah. it was snowing in February. And... Uh, so everything was new. So I'd never seen snow before. And I remember my teacher bringing me out to the snow and it hitting my hand and then disappearing. And I was like, what is going on? And, you know, I wasn't prepared for how cold it was going to be. And I remember playing outside with all, all my friends and my classmates and playing with the snow. And they were all playing with the snow with no gloves. And I had gloves on, but it was still so cold that my hand froze and I remember going inside and crying with the pain of the cold and I'd say in the last five or six years is when I actually started getting used to the colds like getting used to going outside with no gloves and playing football with no gloves and stuff like that so it took me a long time to get used to the climate and <laughs> getting used to that it was uh, the cold weather yeah um speaking of school you were like you said you were brought in with your your age group how was um did it take you long to kind of settle in? How was your English back then and stuff? Did it take you long to settle into the school routine? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, my English wasn't very good. You know, in Liberia, we speak English, but it wasn't like it was broken English. It wasn't as clear. Uh, it wasn't as bogger as my accent now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm pure, it's a pure West Mead accent I have now, but uh, it was a... Uh, proper African, you know, fresh out African accent. And, you know, my teachers have problem understanding me and some of the classmates have problems understanding me properly. And the different words I used was hard, you know, was different slangs and different things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it took a while to kind of get used to that, but I was lucky that, you know, my, my uh, mother, my auntie who adopted me, she, she's from Ireland and she had a daughter here as well, which is, close to my age and you know they were able to help me with my English and help me you know kind of you know just transform just to you know speak properly and you know I remember when I was younger I used to get really annoyed but everything I said you know correct it and uh, try to get me to say it properly and try to get me to say it the way everyone else says it and you know it took a while but you know I definitely I definitely got the hang of it in it. I am Learning languages, I remember I, I took on French and German in secondary school and I dropped out after about three days because I was just getting so frustrated. It, um, yeah. it must have been, yeah, I get it. Must have been awkward at the start. Um, I suppose a lot of people would have known you, well, didn't know you now for, um, for getting into the GA and stuff. Do you want to tell me how you got into... GA and how you came to where you are now playing and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So there's loads of people kind of around the reason I kind of started playing GA. So 
I guess uh, it kind of started from, you know, my family members and uh, my granddad was like, my, I call him my granddad, but they're all, you know, my, they're all my auntie's parents, but they're, you know, they adopted me. So they're my parents. And yeah. So my granddad was from Fermanagh and he used to play for Fermanagh back in the day, like years, years ago. And um, he was a huge GA fan, a huge uh, member of the community as well in Rosemount. And my cousin Dylan was there as well. And my mother had an interest in JA. So, you know, and the school I went to, uh, you know, it was one of those small little communities. I'm sure you know most about it in Kerry, like yeah, small yeah. little community, like GA means the world, everyone the world. there. If they didn't everyone, have it, everyone. Yeah, if they didn't have it. Yeah, if they didn't have it, there'd be nothing, you know, nothing to be doing. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it was kind of an easy kind of path for me to start playing GA. So it's, you know, I, I was looking up to my cousin Dylan playing under 16s and, you know, doing well. And my granddad going to all the games and he used to bring me to some of the games. And, you know, I just automatically started loving it. And then when I started school, we used to have a guy named Jim Dalton that used to come in. And I think to do it with every school in Ireland where a coach would come in and, you know, train the kids for a few hours and do different skills and stuff like that on a Friday or something. And he used to do that. And he saw, I, I don't know if he saw potential in me, but he really kind of focused and helped me to learn the skills and to get comfortable with the ball and stuff like that. And from there, I just ended up loving it. And I joined the local club, Rosemount. So I came from school football, like primary school football, and then went to join my local club, Rosemount, and then doing all the cool camps and stuff like that. And ended up loving it even more. And from there, you know, it wasn't obviously an easy kind of it wasn't an easy step learning that you know it was difficult like uh because i was because i used to have an interest in soccer when i was younger in liberia i could kick the ball so you know it kind of rolled on and helped me you know it was kind of like i could kick the ball far and i got a new pair of boots because i used to play with bare feet so i could kick the ball even further with the boots so you know people see progress you could see i could get better at it so I definitely improved a lot. And from there, it was kind of stepping stones with under 16 minors and then the whole way up to senior now. Like, yeah. I think um, I think a lot of places in Ireland, like they're kind of open. Well, like my town in Clarny and like you said yourself, it's kind of a smaller, tight-knit community. And like the GA, like you see, means it means everything to people. Even like when I had my accident, the GA came together like like one big family all around Ireland to they were doing fundraisers for me and everything. Like, you know, it's it's on the pitch your rivals, but then off the pitch you're you're helping each other. I am um, you've said that you have um your three families, the Liberian, the Ireland and the GA family. Would you call it the GA family? Because like you were saying there they kind of supported you so much at the start? Yeah, 100%. It's GA family, as in, you know, you know all about it. You know, you have people helping you out from everywhere. And uh, I was lucky enough that because I was that new kid coming into the community and I had such interest in the GAA that a lot of people, you know, wanted to help me and make me get better and support me as well, you know. So, and I made great friends from the GAA, you know, friends that I have today. And some of my best friends are, you know, my teammates and my op- oppositions as well. So, you know, I have that whole group of, you know, community members and 
GA members that are my family. You know, they're people that I look up to or people that are family or people that are best friends, you know? So yeah, 100%. And um, yeah, so like, and then obviously with the GA, with the Liberian family, African family, you know, I still have my family over there that I haven't forgotten, you know? And uh, I still remember where I'm from and I'm still proud to say that I'm African and Irish as well, you know? So Definitely. yeah. Do you ever, um, like you were saying, you're proud where you're you're from? Do you ever have to kind of pinch yourself and just look back and see see how far you actually have come from where you are as a child with, when the civil war was on? Do you ever have to kind of pinch yourself and say, oh, "I have come really far"? Yeah, hundred percent. I remember, you know, I remember when uh, I went back to Liberia. Uh, couple of years ago and uh you know seeing where everyone it, it seemed like time kind of stopped over there you know everyone got older but they're still doing the exact same thing still you know very very poor trying to survive still doing the same thing that you know if i was still there would be doing and i do i count myself so lucky how fortunate i am and you know i do look back and be like a lot has changed you know <laughs> I'm I'm fully Irish, not like I'm fully Irish. Uh, you know, when I go back, some of them can't even understand me properly. You know what I mean? So uh, I do pinch myself and realize, you know, geez, I am probably the most fortunate person. But, you know, I try to help out as much as I can with them as well. Yeah, I think it's really important. Anyone yeah. like even even say big celebrities, it's so important to remember where you're from. And, you know, that kind of keeps you grounded and stuff. Um, yeah. Growing up, did you have anybody, um, say, not only in sports but in life, that you looked up to? I know there was someone, John Kane was his name, I, I heard you talking about. Did you have somebody that you looked up to in the GA or in life in general? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I remember as a kid, actually, you know, really looking up to Usain Bolt, you know, what he's kind of accomplished and how he got on with the Olympics. And uh, he was one of my first role models, actually, that I really looked up to. But then, you know, obviously with the GAA, uh, I had John Kane as well. And he, he was one of the guys that helped me a lot. You know, there was a whole load of lads that helped me, but he was one that kind of focused and helped me a lot because he saw such potential. And he was an, he was an all-star cornerback with West me and uh, actually won it twice. And I really looked up to him because I wanted to be, you know, just as good as him. You know, I have this competitive streak in me that I want to you know, accomplish what he accomplished and, you know, you know, like, you know, do what he did as well, you know. And um, he was one of my role models. But like overall, my proper role model would have been my um, family members, uh, my cousin Dylan and my grandfather as well. You know, they're the two people that I you know, 100% looked up to because they're the reason really that I'm playing GAA and that I'm so passionate about it. And uh, they were the people who first helped me to kind of look at the GAA and realise, you know, I could actually be good at it. It's important to, to yeah. remember them people as well, like you said. Um, when you first came into, say, school and GAA, did you, did you find it hard to... Did you did it take a while for people to to accept you? Because I heard you were saying you were the only um black person in the school and in the GA there wasn't many. Did you find it hard to be 
did it take long to be accepted or did you experience any say hard times um no it didn't take long to be accepted you know um like we were all we're all kids kind of in primary school if you know what i mean so kids just you know say what they hear you know um but uh there was definitely there was definitely like one or two incidents you know a lot of people kind of you know were curious of me or whatever so i'll have kids coming up to me touching my hair every day you know something like that that you know, annoyed me, but they just thought it was something strange, you know, yeah. but uh, I had to learn, you know, they're only kid. like, I had to learn from my own parents that, you know, kids, they're curious, they don't, they've never seen someone like you before. And, you know, they're the first person that they came across that they can be friends with and they want to touch you or whatever. And I was just like, I didn't I understand it at the time. And I was like, this is really weird. I don't like it. But, you know, I, I really grew, I grew to kind of understand it. And, um, you know that's why you know i speak about like i don't really like talking about you know the negative part because yeah you know I, like i can see people are trying to change and people are trying to be inclusive and it depends what way to do it as well but you know but uh i de- definitely i have had you know different incidents as well where you know kids would say something like you know you're not from here or why don't you go back to where you came from from like when you're playing games and they lose and they say something, you know, Yeah. but uh, it definitely happens. And it definitely, you know, something that uh, has definitely improved. You know, you, you don't hear much about those kind of things anymore, hopefully. anyway. You know? Yeah. And like with everything going, going on in the world, like we've seen mm. how more, a lot of people have come together to fight against racism. And like, even in the, the premier league, you know, kneeling before the match and it's all Martin to, to highlight it because like you said it's just it's not not acceptable did you as a child the fact that you were so young when people did one or two incidents did um did it did it put you down or did you kind of leave it off like water off a duck's back no it was uh it was very upsetting um i think it was kind of the beginning of you know me uh, kind of getting braver and standing up for myself and, you know, because when something like that happened when I was younger, I remember going home and crying about it. And then my parents sent me down and being like, you have to be strong, you know, don't accept it. If it happens again, make sure you tell someone or you go up to the teacher or, you know, let something be done about it. And, you know, I kind of grew up, and it kind of taken my skin a little bit, you know, and if I've ever got anything negative, you know, like I, I said it before, you know, if I've ever gotten anything like I have gotten stuff negative on the pitch as well. But when I get something negative at me, I try to do the best. Say if something's said to me on a pitch, I will mark my man and I won't let him touch the ball for another for another 45 minutes or whatever. I'll try my best to kind of cancel him out like that. So he's nothing to say to me or nothing. Bad to say, all he has is respect for you because, you know, he looks up to you that way. That's the way I kind of roll. But yeah, um, yeah, it definitely, stuff like that definitely happen. And, you know, it is upsetting and it is, you know, you feel alone as well. And, you know, you don't know what to say back to someone if someone sends a negative comment to you because of your skin color. Yeah. You don't know what to say because you're, you're in such shock and you don't expect it either, you know? I suppose, especially when, when you're, when you're so young. Um, you were speaking of um, college and stuff. 
you you was there recently an offer was that you in college and was it Waterford IT you were in? Yeah, I was in Waterford IT. Uh, I did. I was in there for four years, and then at the moment, I am doing a Santanta College course, so a little course, and uh, so it's uh, so I'm becoming a personal trainer. So I'm already a personal trainer, but just to kind of get the cert, and uh, yeah, so I'm kind of trying to better myself. So I'm not going back into Westmead this year actually because I am trying. Yeah, yeah, because I'm trying to. Uh, just kind of get my life back in order and stuff like that. You know, the county has kind of been uh, my first priority for the last, say, six years now. Takes a and, lot of time uh, over. It take, yeah, it, take, it takes a lot, like, you know, so I just want to take the year out, kind of focus on myself a bit. And then, yeah, 100% probably go back in next year. What was your, um, if you had to pick one of your most proudest moment playing for the county the last few the last few years, has there been any standout moments that that stands out that you're really proud of? Um, yeah, yeah. Like I remember when I mentioned my uh, grandfather, um, the proudest moment was probably, you know, winning the Division uh, Three League in Crow Park, and he was the first person that you know, yeah, he was the first person that brought me to Crow Park and to experience it back in. 2004 when Westmead won Leinster and uh, so for him to watch me play in Crow Park you know it was my it was my you know it was my second time playing it was my third time playing in Crow Park but for him to watch me play in Crow Park and win something was you know phenomenal and uh, the same thing back in when I was playing minor as well playing in Crow Park as well he got to be there was you know was huge as well you know that's um that's something, you know, like uh, you read them kind of stories on the paper and stuff, you know, it's it's amazing to have, you know, the likes of your granddad there to to witness it when he's such a, a big sports fan and stuff. Um, yeah. How important were, were friends to you? I meant to ask you that. How important were friends to you? Like you said, you're still friends with your opposition on the pitch and stuff growing up. Going through life in general, I always ask the people I'm interviewing, what do friends mean to you and how important is it to have good friends in your life? Yeah, friends are probably the most important, you know. When you don't have your family there, who else are you going to, you know, look for, for, you know, either guidance or for support or for, you know, just for someone being there, you know. Friends are probably the most important. And, you know, one of my best friends, Izzy Alunga, he's played from under 14 Westmead all the way to, you know, to senior. He actually played, he came out, he played a bit of senior as well. So we kind of rose up through the ranks doing that. And he's been one of my closest friends. And, you know, without him, you know, I probably wouldn't accomplish what I've accomplished so far and I wouldn't have gone as far. And, um, you know, it's people like that, that, you know, that means the world kind of thing. You know what I mean? You know, you have to support from them. Uh, when you don't have the support from your family, you have support from yeah. your friends as well. So I think it's probably the most important, you know. Um, did you ever try playing any other Irish sports, hurling or anything? I <laughs> Yeah, I actually played hurling um, when I was about 10. Uh, I remember I remember playing for Castletown Gig and I did like, I was there for about a month, say. And I, I, I only got the hang of, you know, hitting it properly until I was like, this is crazy when I got to play a match. 
and everyone was swinging for you. I was like, no, this is not my sport. <laughs> I didn't want to get hit by the herd, to be honest. So I, I called it quits. But I definitely, I played soccer as well and I played a little bit of rugby. So I've, I've tried all the sports, you know. Was it soccer the main sport in um, in Liberia? Was there was soccer the main yeah. one or was rugby? Yeah, yeah. Soccer is the main one. Um, our president at the moment uh, actually won a Ballon d'Or. Uh, George Weah. Yeah, George Weah. He, uh, he won a Ballon d'Or and uh, he's our president at the moment. So, you know, the country loves soccer. Like soccer is there. You know, it's the, the most important thing, if you know what I mean. Like, all my family members think GA is soccer, so they get confused with yeah. what I'm playing. But I have to try to explain it to them what, what it is. But, um, um, yeah. Do you know, um, I don't know if you like the UFC MMA. Um, Francis yeah, I do. Ganu, yeah. do he, the, the heavyweight champion, he went back to, I think it's Cameroon, he's from in Africa, but to see the... The footage of him going back to where he 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 came from from day one, like to see um how how different it is to the life he's living now in America and sitting on the floor cooking with his mom and stuff. It was amazing to see him going back and seeing where he came from. Have you been back to thing recently to Liberia? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I've been back. Since I've been in Ireland, I've been back three times, three times now. And uh, I remember the very first time I went back. So when I arrived in 2004, five years later, I went back. And it was probably the most emotional thing ever yeah, because, you know, I, I hadn't seen any of my family for such a long time. And it felt like, you know, it felt, it felt like, um, you know, my memory started to fade a bit after five years because I was trying to remember what it was like back there and it started fading. And I also kind of started feeling like a dream. Yeah. That when I lived in Liberia, it felt like a dream until I went back and everything was the exact same and it all came back to me like that, you know? And um, so I, I try to go back as much as I can. And, you know, when I go back as well, you know, I try to... Uh, you know, my dad works there, like my uncle Ben works there. So I try when I go back, I, I live with my sisters for, you know, a few for a week, maybe two weeks. And I live in the slums and I live in the shanty towns. And I live with them, you know, just yeah. experience everything, you know, just to count myself how lucky I am in Ireland. And uh, it kind of brings back how lucky you are when you're living in that kind of conditions and eating what they're eating and, you know, working with them and doing what they're doing as well. So, you know, I think it's so important for anyone, you know, that is African and here to definitely experience going back and living with their family. And you just have a different perspective in life, you know? I suppose you're, it just shows you um, how, how great you are to, to be living like this now and stuff. Um, when over in um, Liberia, just all the, out of curiosity, how was COVID-19 over there? And you living here, you must have obviously been worried about what was potentially facing over there. Yeah, I was definitely, I was definitely worried. You know, my, um, as I said, my, my uncle Ben uh, works there now at the moment. And um, he was saying that, you know, it's, 
it's still fairly poor over there, you know. Um, it's a lot harder to kind of contain people and, uh, you know, isolate people and keep people inside because it's, as I said, it's such, such a poor country. People kind of will rather put their looking after their family and earning some sort of money than their health, if you get me. So yeah. he was saying that it's very difficult out there. People are trying, trying to look after themselves, but it is hard. And um, he was saying people are just trying to survive, you know. Do you think you'll you'll go back any anytime soon? Yeah, I'm actually hoping to go back uh, maybe next Christmas, we'll see, or, or this summer for maybe a holiday. I'll see. Uh, I want to go back as soon as possible. Anyway. It's been a while since I've been back, so definitely want to go back as soon as possible. Yeah. You, you're obviously keeping keeping in contact as much as you, you can with people over there as well. Yeah, 100%. They all have Facebook or, or uh, WhatsApp, and uh, so they definitely they all be calling me and checking up on me and making sure I'm doing all right. Yeah. What do they make of, um, of the GA when you've been Showing them, like you said, they they get mixed up between that and soccer. Are you able to yeah. show them footage of you playing? Yeah, yeah, I showed them photos and uh, some videos. But I remember I went back one year and brought a Gaelic ball, and I was showing the little kids how to play and what to do. And they were playing for playing with it for like five minutes, and the ball was on the ground, and they were playing four five or side soccer. So <laughs> I, it was very difficult, but. Uh, you think it's an amazing game, you know. They just wonder how how does someone play? They're like, how how do you play? Like, how are you supposed to run and solve the ball, you know? And uh, they're all so interested in it. But you know, as I said, soccer is their number one. So, you know, I meant to ask you: Do you feel a bit a certain amount of um, responsibility, or do you feel kind of like a a role model to for people like you growing up that will be looking at you and, you know, going from where you were up to playing county, do you feel like a, a role model to them? Um, yeah, no, well, like role models kind of like, uh, I get I get the word, word role model, but I definitely kind of see, I definitely, you know, I'd like if someone kind of looked, like not looked up, but, you know, see me doing that and see that they can do better kind of thing. That's the way yeah. I can approach it. You know, like not to kind of be like, oh, I want to be like him. Just I want someone to be like, I want to get better than him. I want to go in and win five All-Irelands or, you know, win all these All-Stars and do better than them. But definitely if they see someone that looked up to and someone that looks like them doing it, that they can do it as well. So, you know, that's that's another key thing that I kind of want to bring, you know, that, you know, I didn't have that. You know, up, black yeah. fella playing GAA to look up to and to see that he's doing it and I can do it, you know. So, you know, if they can see me doing it and they can do better, you know, I'm all for that. And that's yeah. one of the reasons I like sharing my stories because there's definitely loads of kids out there that are playing the GAA and lose interest. But when they see someone at a high level playing it, that they can do it as well, you know. So, Do you yeah, have any um, big plans for the next year or so, or you're just kind of focusing on yourself and are you kind of just focusing on yourself and kind of club football so this year? Like yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going to focus on club football and uh, yeah, I kind of focus on myself. Uh, I haven't got to travel a lot, so I definitely want to take the year out just to kind of explore and, you know, travel a bit and uh, 
focus on club football as well and uh, just keep in shape because I know well I'll be back in with the county soon so yeah so for the next year I just want to you know I think it's the same for everyone as well kind of during COVID just get out and you know try explore a little bit and you know maybe fly somewhere I don't know but I definitely have a few plans of my sleeves yeah it's, it's important to, to do that as well last um Last question, and I think it's a it's an important question, and it's is I suppose it's wrong said uh, that we've to discuss this, and the whole world is talking about it. But for people growing up, like you said, you had two or three nasty comments thrown at you when you were when you were younger. For young children like the like the young version of you, what would you say to them if they're getting? nasty comments and stuff thrown their way how would you cope with it and advise them not to not to take it wrong yeah you know um you know you're always going to get comments you know but when you start getting comments about your race or your skin color you know it's automatically wrong and if someone kind of feels like they're on their own and they're getting them comments they definitely have to try and find someone they can talk to or someone they can relate to that can understand where they're coming from either that being a coach or a teacher or you know one of their friends or someone you know just not to kind of burden on their own and go and take their own action in an aggressive way or what other yeah. way you know i find that when you kind of if you get a comment and you, you react in an aggressive way it's kind of equal in the, the yeah. comments kind of making the comment okay because you just you know lashed out so definitely you know approach it in a way that it can be dealt with without violence or you know without anyone getting hurt i know obviously the feelings of the other person is being hurt but it can definitely dealt, be dealt with talking to someone or being handled in a different situation you know so yeah. for me yeah uh, when i have gotten comments you know i like i said earlier like i try to you know kind of use that comment as a motivation to you know down like better myself but put that other person down there and put me up here up yeah. higher you know so yeah like everyone's going to get comments you know everyone's going to get something said to them but i would just say you know keep the head up and be strong about it and you definitely pull through you know like you said not to lash out and kind of yeah. violence because i think that's just um that's giving them the benefit of them knowing that you have got to them um yeah like I, I always get say nasty comments and messages I, I get as well, and I always, I try not to reply so they to satisfy them. But if if it's bad enough, I'll always come text back and I'll say, look, it doesn't bother me one bit what you say to me, but you could say that to another person, and they could they could take it totally wrong. Like we see what happens with people out there with. Like I always use, you know, Caroline Flack as a, as a, as an example. You know, she might, yeah. you might look perfect on the outside, but them nasty comments could be killing you inside. So that exactly, was, um, yeah. that was, that was a good bit of a advice there for, for the people. So I think that's that's it. Really, um, I'm delighted that you were able to to come on and have this um this chat with me because. I know that a lot of people out there listening might be in the same situation and after coming over from a, a different country and like you said, it's only when you when you go back it shows how, how grateful you are and stuff. So 
I'm delighted that you came on to 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 share your story and show that you know there's always always hope out there when you when you come on and you know follow your passion just because you're on a different path doesn't mean that you're you're lost. So thanks a million for for coming on and um I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a million for having me on. Um, you know, the one thing I'd I'd say is, you know, everyone kind of has their own background, their own story. You know, the only reason, the reason I I don't mind sharing my story is, you know, someone might hear it and be like, oh, you know, if the GEA can offer so much for my family and help me out, you know, I could definitely get included in the community. So, you know, I love sharing my story that, you know, hopefully other cultures or other people living in the community can get involved and just be part of a community and, you know, they'll be well looked after, you know, so... You know, I appreciate you having me on. Um, you're a sound man. And uh, thank you very much for the interview. Now, unfortunately, that's all we have time for tonight. In the meantime, if you have any feedback or requests or comments, you can get in contact with me directly through my email address, ioconnell at radiocarry.ie. Brian Priestley is on the way next after the news with That's Jazz. Thank you for tuning in. I'll be back at the same time from 8 to 9 p.m. next week. Until then, stay safe and mind yourself. You're listening to Stand Out with Ian O'Connell. Wednesday evenings from 8 p.m. here on Radio Kerry.